Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. My name is Martha Reddick, and I am your host. And this week, we are going to be talking about being your own HR department. And to do that, I have brought on Lisa Dozier. Hello. Hello, Martha. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well, thank you. That's so great. Uh, I met Lisa at the INA conference this past spring, right? It feels yes. It was <laughs> yeah. It was just in long. the spring. It has. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it has. <laughs> um, Lisa and I were on the same panel, but I had met you before that at uh, lunch, I think. Um, yes. Which it was a delight to talk to you, and I said I must have you on my podcast, please. And you said, and I immediately said I would love to. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, yes, and so. Today we're going to be talking about being your own HR department because when, as nannies, you know, unlike offices and, and jobs where they have HR departments, if we run into uh, problems in the workplace, we don't necessarily have a third party to go discuss that with. That's true and occasionally awkward. Yes, it can be very awkward. Um, so that is what we're going to be talking about today. But before we do that, let's hear a little bit about your nanny journey. Okay. Um, I have been a professional nanny for 27 years. I took my first job, uh, was a live-in position in New Jersey. I moved there in 92, sight unseen. It was wow. a very different time. I very spoke with brave. family. I, in, in hindsight, it, it was. At the time, I was just going forward with my life. Uh, we talked on the phone three times, and then I moved into their house. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it was interesting. But, you know, it was the beginning of this fabulous journey that mm-hmm. I've ended up spending my life doing. I went to college in my 20s, um, a little bit late to kind of explore if I wanted to do anything else. And I found myself gravitating back towards child development. And, um, family services and thought, nope, I landed exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. That's, that's so wonderful. And it, it's, I think that it's great to take time before you go to college. Um, you know, and, and I think that probably gave you the wisdom to be like, no, I really, I love what I'm doing. 
I think that's true. I hadn't thought about it that way, but I, I think that's true. Yeah, because I think yeah. sometimes when we force people by social construct to like decide on things right after high school, they sometimes I land mean, on things and then they start down this path and then it's hard to turn the ship. Although with this generation, job changes are a lot more frequent than past generations have been. I think we've raised a generation of people who are feeling comfortable being authentic. Yes. So if something is not a right fit for them, they are comfortable to move on from that. Yeah. Um, and I think and that's great. I do too. And I also, I see a lot of um, curiosity and that, um, you know, if you, if you feel like you have run out of things to be curious about at a workplace, moving on to something that, sparks your interest more is is fine um and you're you're going to contribute more to society in that way you're going to be a better uh member of your community when you are doing something that you feel attached to and passionate about yes which i i certainly as a nanny feel that way of you know a lot of people are like oh mondays and there's certainly times that i'm like the alarm goes off at you know 5:30 and i'm like oh that's rough but i love <laughs> my job and you know and so yeah. it's it's so nice to to have a job where you really enjoy and love going to work my one of my two little ones was out of town i'm in a nanny share this past week and man oh man i miss her <laughs> Yeah, you really do. It, you know, you become attached, which is another reason why it's awkward that this is our job because right. we're also so emotionally invested. Right. Um, right. But it does it's also very fluid and so I feel like 27 years in I'm still coming up on situations that I've never encountered before and I'm still challenged and I'm still engaged all the time. Yes, for it's sure. It's a great thing we do. It really is. Well, with that, let's jump right in. Great. Let's do it. So let's start with the contract. Um, and at some point, I do want to have uh, an episode solely about contracts, which I haven't done yet, and I'm, I'm not sure why. Uh, this presented that back at me. I was like, oh, wait, I haven't done that. But um, so the nanny contract, I, I think, is, a, is really the foundation of your good work relationship. Uh, if you have a really well thought out contract, I think that that cuts a lot of things off at the pass. Um, is there, is there a place that you can find a contract template? Uh, so there are certainly people in this industry who are far more qualified to talk about contracts, um, and templates than I am. And, uh, I would love to give you some names, Yeah, but please. in the meantime, I think the industry standard kind of is the A to Z contract. Mm -hmm. um, which is available through uh, Laura Brawley and the Nanny Care Hub. And then you can find contracts almost anywhere. Care.com will offer them. Sitter City will offer them. Um, and you can reach out in the nanny community. Uh, but yeah. I think the thing to remember is because every situation is so unique, to take these as a point of departure mm -hmm. to then formulate something that is specific to you and this family and this position. Right. Because there's not a one size fits all in, in this industry. There's just not. No, there really isn't. Yeah. So what are some ways of, that a nanny can think about that to help troubleshoot, uh, some of those, those 
potential future problems and and make it make that contract as clear as possible make it fit your size yeah i mean i think a lot of that is based on experience and having made mistakes you know better what to do <laughs> once you have done it wrong uh, so I think that that's a thing where you can reach out to a nanny community, an online group, or if you have a nanny group and say, Hey, what are some things you've come up against? Me personally, right. I want to make sure I've included my hours. My, let me, let me backtrack my typical hours, because this also has an amount of flexibility in it. You need to be able to be flexible because life happens. And sometimes right. you're going to have to go in when you win it regularly, but you also make note of that. And are you going to be compensated differently when that happens? Um, are you compensated for overtime? What are your responsibilities in addition to childcare? Uh, how do the parents prefer to communicate? This is an interesting one that I've seen evolve because some parents want you to call them and talk to them. Some parents want a text and a picture. Some parents want to watch through the video and some parents just want an email mm -hmm. so that it doesn't interrupt the flow of their day. So that's something really to discuss ahead of time because there are so many ways to communicate now. Um, right. What What are your vacation days? What uh, What kind of paid time off do you get? Guaranteed hours is a big one, um, and I'm actually like to spend a minute talking about it. It's yes. kind of I've noticed it being um, I've noticed it coming up a lot in the nanny community. And the thing that I want to point out about guaranteed hours is it's not guaranteed pay; it's guaranteed hours. Meaning, if they're traveling and you typically work 40 hours a week, they're going to guarantee you that you can still work 40 hours a week and get paid. Mm -hmm. So if they need you to let in a repairman or they need you to do pet sitting or they need some help, you are technically committed to work that 40 hours. Typically, the family is going to ask you to do one or two things and basically pay you for not working that week, which is great. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very, um, it's something that makes me take a family seriously when they understand that this is my income and I can't just not get paid. Uh, right. So I appreciate the guaranteed hours. But it also is a commitment on the nanny's end that it's guaranteed hours, not guaranteed pay. Right. Yes. And I, and I know I have seen nannies before be like, oh, they're, my family's going on vacation this week, so I'm going to plan a vacation. And then get upset when the nanny family asks them to do something. Um, but still because expect it wasn't to get spelled paid. out right. ahead of time during the contract portion Yes. Yes. Um, now, in addition to that, you, you do need your own vacation time, you know, typically sure. two weeks of vacation. And maybe you agree ahead of time that you're going to take a week of vacation while they're taking a week of vacation mm -hmm. so that those things aren't overlapping. Um, but guaranteed hours is not the same as paid vacation. Right. Right. For sure. Um, and back to the communication, I also think that, um, I don't, I don't know if this is something to, to put in a contract necessarily, but I also think the boundary setting of how you want to be communicated with is a good thing to talk about early, early, early. Because I know that there are some nannies that really don't want to be texted or <laughs> called when they're in their off time, which... I understand. Um, I don't mind a text as long as it's not asking something from me. Mm -hmm. One of the moms mentioned, she was like, I always think about something at, 
you know, 11 right before I'm going to go to bed and I'm worried about texting you. And, and I, I actually don't mind that because I'm very good about setting boundaries with my phone too. So if I don't want to see that text or if I'm asleep or whatever, it's fine. But I do know that that matters to some nannies. So, um, communicating that early on, I think is important. And then one other thing is, uh, I have been using the Our Nanny Diary from, uh, Sue Downey is half of the team. And I, I can't remember the other. Kelly Garris. Thank you. I knew you yeah. know. And Kelly, and it's, it's amazing. I love it so much. So I just wanted to plug that because that's a really great way that I've been communicating with my nanny families. Um, and I just, I think it's the greatest. <laughs> and my yeah, nanny family, No, it's amazing. And that's, I mean, you couldn't find, you know, two women more qualified to really understand how it is to be a nanny in a house. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so just a plug for that. Cause that, mm -hmm. I, you know, I fill it out throughout the day and then I don't have to think about, Oh, right. When did she nap? Or like, you know, I don't have exactly for anything. Yeah. Also everybody should follow them on Instagram because they yeah. occasionally have freebies. So yes. Yes. follow our nanny diary on Instagram. Yes, please do. So, um, for the interview, because that's, you know, even before the contract, <laughs> when mm -hmm. you are, when you're doing that interview, how can a nanny present herself or himself, um, or themselves as professional as possible? Well, certainly your appearance is important. You need to be clean and groomed and, you know, dressed relatively conservatively, mm -hmm. but I'm also not one of those people who suggests you go dressed as J. Crew. Right. I do think it's important to be authentic to yourself so that they're getting a true idea of who you are. So if you're a little bit funky, it's okay to be a little bit funky. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a little bit goth, it's okay to be a little bit goth, whatever the case may be, but within a professional uh, setting. Right. Um, so I think it's important to be authentic. Uh, I also think, and this might be a little old school, I want you to take everything with you. I want you to have your resume with you, your CV, your letters of recommendation, your certificates, um, uh, your CPR, all those things, and have it available to them. Mm -hmm. On one condition, I typically do not give out phone numbers of my references until I'm sure I'm interested in the job. Ooh, that's a really good point. You know, we work for private families. I don't want a whole bunch of people calling them if I'm not seriously considering the position. Right. Um, so have it which all there. Sometimes we'll that little bit. Yeah, which sometimes you can't tell until that interview. You know, if exactly if, if you're serious about them. So I agree. It's like a first date. It is. It is so much like a first date. <laughs> I mean, it really you. First, you have to figure out if there's even chemistry and if you, this is people you can work with as a team. Right. Because you have to be a functional team in order to have this kind of relationship with people. Yeah. And I do think um, that that nanny intuition uh, develops the more interviews and the more families you've worked with of, you know, you can feel right away. Um, this last round when I was interviewing for a bunch of different families, I had found one that I, I was feeling 
pretty good about. They seemed like a, a good fit. And then I went on an interview with the families that I'm working with right now. And I was like, oh man, all right. <laughs> <laughs> now that was really go. good, but this is a little better. <laughs> yeah. Now I got to go break this other family's heart. Cause I hadn't committed, but you know, I had given them, I was walking down the path towards commitment and <laughs> I was like, oh, well, <laughs> let me, let me ask you this. What, what would you have done if you had committed? If you had committed, but you hadn't started? Um, I, I probably would have backed out of the other family because I think, I think that if, especially if you haven't started and if you're going into it with that feeling of, oh, but I feel like that's not a great place to start for you or them. I agree a hundred percent. That's exactly what I would have done as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think it speaks to a level of professionalism and a way to, you know, like we're talking about, be your own HR department, look out for yourself uh, in a professional way. Right. Right. And, uh, and especially before you've started, you know, you, you haven't really developed um, a relationship with that family or those children. And, and I, I think that, to get into it and then feel like it's not a good fit because that trial period, a lot of families and nannies encourage, you know, a trial period. And so to get through the trial period and then be like, this isn't a good fit um, is more heartbreaking, I think. Um, But still the right thing to do if you do get through the trial period and feel like it's not a good fit. Yes. It's exactly why there's a trial period. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a strong, I'm a strong advocate for a trial period as well. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of things, you know, that nanny intuition is, it, it develops and it, um, I feel like mine's pretty strong, but there's still a lot of things that uh, you don't know. And and one of the things that I look for in the trial period, because I'm really allergic to tree nuts, and I look for if a family respects that or not, mm-hmm. um, because it, it can put me in danger. Um, yes. And so if, you know, things, if there's tree nuts laying around, then I'm like, this isn't a good home for me because I'm, you know, potentially I could go into anaphylactic shock while watching your children. I don't, nobody wants that. No, that would be no good. (laughs) So, so, yeah. Um, But how can that, and, and we've kind of been talking about it, that first interview being kind of like a first date. And I, I do find that sometimes that, that can dictate the rest of the nanny's time with that family. Um, and so do you have any, any pointers for um, that, that interview and, and finding out things about the family without overstepping your boundaries? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's really important to walk in confident and well-prepared, uh, and ready to offer advice, but mm-hmm. not to, unless you're asked and to listen, to actively listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I really like to ask parents, uh, at any point during the first interview, I will always ask, what is it that you want for your children? Oh, that's a great question. Because I need to know whether or not that's something I can get on board with. Right. I'll tell you the best answer I ever got. The best answer I ever got. I asked a woman, um, what is it that you want for your child? And she was kind of floored, taken aback. She thought for a minute and she said, I want her to grow up to be somebody I'd like to hang out with. Uh, 
Yeah. I know yeah. it's probably 20 years ago I got that answer and it has stuck with me the entire time. Um, well, is, but, I think that's a, um, that's going to be a seminar at this year's Nanny Palooza is how to raise children you'd want to hang out with or you'd want to get coffee with or something. I can't remember how they phrased it, but that idea is going to be a seminar. That's going to be amazing. There's so many amazing speakers on that lineup. So and I'm many. so bummed out to not be able to make it this I year. I know, me too. <laughs> me too. I'm back in school and it's just, I just yeah. can't. But, um, but if you are listening, <laughs> I think it's sold out now, but if you don't already have tickets uh, and you want to go, contact Sue because she also can work miracles. I've seen her do it. So Yeah, she's pretty amazing and she's very uh, considerate and uh, accommodating if people for some reason find out they can't go and they want to sell their ticket to somebody else or um, right. Yeah. Yeah. If you can find a way to go and you want to go, ask about <laughs> it. Yes. It's worth asking because she she maybe she can't make it happen, but you know, you're not gonna know if you don't ask. So exactly. Um, well, yeah. So what are some ways a nanny can continue speaking of nanny Palooza, um, <laughs> can continue to, to make themselves more valuable to the family once they've gotten the job? Um, I really think you need to be consistent. You need to be considerate. You need to have open lines of communication. Um, if you start to feel like things are being awkward, don't hesitate to bring it up. If you feel like things are awkward, they probably feel like things are awkward too. Right. Um, yes. Uh, so I think open communication, but I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you're asking more about how to be a good employee or how to maintain a full-time position when the children have started school. Oh, both. Um, because that <laughs> happens as well. You know, yeah. suddenly they're in preschool and there's three mornings a week that they're dropping them off and they don't need you till noon. Right. So, you know, do you take a pay cut? Do you work extra hours or do you add on some extra responsibilities? Right. Um, yeah. I personally, I like to add on the extra responsibilities. I, I practice something I call my whole family approach mm-hmm. uh, where I like to be more family centric than child centric so that they feel like a part of a community. And at the base, your smallest and closest and longest community is your family. Right. So I'm happy to load the dishwasher with the children. I am happy to sort laundry. And you can get a two-year-old to learn their colors by just sitting down and sorting laundry. They can fold socks. I don't mind doing those things because I want the children to do those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is a way to make yourself valuable in a different way um, to a family. How do you, um, when you talk to families about that, what kind of language are you using? I'm, I'm just thinking for nannies that might, um, that might seem like a, an obstacle or, or hard to bring up. How, how have you approached families about that in the past? About adding responsibilities? Mm-hmm. And keeping the same hours as they go. So let's say a, a nanny, you know, the family comes to them and they're like, well, little Johnny is entering preschool. So, you know, these are, these are going to be the hours. How can you help them understand your, your value to be there even when the children aren't? Well, I think you just asked them if they would, if, if, are they in a position to continue with full-time hours? And are there more things that you could help out with? Mm-hmm. Some families, frankly, aren't going to be. Right. They're, they're, they've been counting, they've been budgeting for the time when they get to cut their caregiver's hours. Mm-hmm. And that may just be the case. 
or they may be overwhelmed and they just took from emotion and they would love it if you would grocery shop and prep dinner. Right. So, you know, come in at nine, do that, pick them up at noon and have your regular day. Um, mm-hmm. So again, it's really, it's, I mean, I think almost all of this comes down to just not being scared to say something. Yes. Yes. I, I, I very much agree. And there's also the compromise potentially of um, doing, you know, if, if the child is in preschool three days a week, let's say, uh, and two of those days you come in and one day you don't pick them up until noon. Um, you know, that kind of middle ground with one family, I, the child went from, three days a week at preschool to five days a week in the morning at preschool. And what they did is they offered, um, for the, that extra day they offered for me to come in early and and do things to help around the house, um, to compensate for one of the two days. So, Uh um, and that worked for everybody. Yeah. And that, that really did work for everyone. So, you know, I, I, I do think, um, problem solving with the family is, is a really good way (laughs) and, and think about what you, what your ideal is and where your, um, boundaries are on the compromise of, I really can't afford to, you know, go into that conversation knowing what you can and can't do budget wise, mental health wise, hours wise, all of that. Uh, and another, another scenario to throw in there is that they need to consider what they're going to do if the child is sick. Uh-huh. So is the nanny on call? Are you going to stay home from work? Are you going to compensate me? In, in what way are you going to compensate me for being on call? Or is there right. just that one morning a week where I'm just not going to come and you're going to work it out, um, however you want to work it out? Um, yeah, I'll be yeah. honest. I typically, I typically leave my jobs um, when the kids age out and they don't need full-time care anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty organic, I think that's the most organic way that jobs tend to end. Right. Um, when they just don't want to, they don't need full-time care and you still need to work full-time. Right. Yep. Um, though I have, I, I feel very lucky because two out of my many previous families, but two of them have, have really worked to keep me in their children's lives. Uh, like one, I tutor now every Mm -hmm. week. I get to see him every week, which is just the best. Um, and then, uh, a couple, they just let me send them their schedule and they pick, you know, a few hours every week that out of, you know, what I offer up and I get to see their girls, which is just wonderful. So, um, yeah. And so, but you know, those certainly aren't full-time jobs and I'm still full-time nannying on top of all that. And that's just where I am in my life. Um, but you know, I think, I think that there, that is a natural end and that has been the natural end for a lot of mine, but, and doesn't have to be complete closure if depending on everyone involved. (laughs) I had a family that I worked for full-time for four years um, and then when I left working for them full time to go to college, I stayed on every Thursday night hmm. for another four years. Yeah, their children are now grown. One of them lives here in Los Angeles. She's twenty eight, I think, and we get together for lunch. 
Yeah, that's so, so wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I really think um, there's so much opportunity to evolve with a family as their needs change. And that may not be continuing to work for them full time, but there's ways to evolve with them. Yes, for sure. Um, and and then also, let's talk a little bit about professional development. You and I met at INA, um, and we've talked about <laughs> Nanny Palooza. So why is it important for us to go to these these professional development conferences or workshops that are hosted different places and all that good stuff? Uh, I think everything that we know is constantly evolving and is fluid uh, and that the best ideas happen spontaneously and you don't know, you need to be in touch with these people who, um, are natural teachers. Um, you need to stay up to date with uh, developments in child development. Um, and frankly, I think the even, I mean, as, as much as I love continuing education and I love to geek out on the science of things, I almost value the community that it provides more. Yes. Yes. Um, which is kind of going to move me into a little bit of, of what we're going to talk about next, which is, um, uh, what beyond uh, mm -hmm. education is the value of these sorts of uh, professional development events. Mm -hmm. um, and it really is a community of people who uniquely understand what you do. Yes. Um, people that you can talk to without any specifics that you don't have to disclose anything about. And they're able to understand what you're saying regardless. Right. They can take this through a filter of understanding the need for you to protect a family's privacy or understanding the need that really awkward things come up sometimes. And who <laughs> can you turn to that you know is educated and well-read and discreet? Right. Uh, and these are, you know, when you've been going to these things for years and years, you start to develop this network of people who really are a supportive community. I had, I'm going to tell you a story. I had, um, an issue come up at a job that was um, a family integration issue that I had never come across before. I had no idea how to help mm. this family transition. Right. So I reached out to somebody who had been a speaker at one of the conferences I went to who is a parenting expert. And I said, Hey, here's an issue I've come up against. Do you have any advice for me? First I said, do you remember me? She said, of course I remember you. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's a funny little exchange. I really, I really like her. Um, and she said, I do, but I have someone more qualified than I am mm. who specializes in family integration. Let me connect you with her. This woman ended up calling me. It was 9 p.m. here, so it must have been midnight on the East Coast while she's driving her daughter to college <laughs> to have just a free conversation with me about this family integration issue. Yeah. And I thought, how deep does this community run? And this is only because I've been able to make these connections going to these professional development events. Um, right. So it is more than just the classes, which are important and amazing, but it is also about the connections that you make. Yes. Especially I, in a job that can be isolating. It can be so isolating. And sometimes, um, you know, you are experiencing your own reality and you're so close to it that you can't see. And so to have another set of eyes that understands the industry, that understands your work and what you do and say, 
you know what? That's kind of weird. <laughs> like mm -hmm. what this family is asking of you is a little weird. And sometimes just having that voice from come from a friend and say that makes all the difference because you're like, oh, you're right. I was just taking it on faith <laughs> that everyone did this. <laughs> yeah, I was just knee deep in it and I wasn't seeing the forest for the trees. But yeah. you know, you've curated these communities that you can reach out to. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I specifically don't reach out to people that I'm very close to because I don't want there to be carryover. Sometimes I just right. reach out to people that I really respect. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I do reach out to friends, but that is typically more kvetchy. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, <laughs> Which is also important. <laughs> it is. It is. And also yeah. important to figure out who you uh, are comfortable disclosing to because right. disclosure is an issue in what we do. For sure. For sure. And yeah, it's, um, and then also just, you know, having, <laughs> I, I went and, um, I just officiated, uh, some dear friends, their wedding. And <laughs> before I like flew out on a Friday night after I'd worked a 10 hour day and, um, <laughs> and the, the babies that I take care of had just like had, they had so many dirty diapers that day, <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> you know? And like, and I was like, Oh, they were, you know, helping me not miss them <laughs> over this long weekend. Um, <laughs> but I still did miss them. Um, of course. but you know, I went to this wedding where no one's a nanny and set like mentioned that in conversation and everyone just like looked at me like I was very strange and I was like oh right this doesn't translate to every um person and so how about, I, <laughs> how about that moment when you are in your car with your friends and you point out a bulldozer yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like wait why do I care about that oh sorry you're not a kid I think I like there were there was a thing of fire trucks, like a, not a firehouse, but it was like a parking lot where, and they were all out of the firehouse. And I was like, Oh, look at all the fire trucks to my boyfriend. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> but he knows he's up. He's up. Yeah. He's in the mail. <laughs> he is. Um, I mean, he still doesn't get everything, but he, <laughs> he does understand when I'm like, Oh, look at all those buses sleeping. And he's like, Martha, <laughs> they're not sleeping. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. kind of they are too. But kind of they are too. They're resting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yes. So, so how do you figure out your rate? <laughs> um, I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to consider in that. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think there's, I think babysitters have a specific rate range. Right. Nannies are much broader. Mm -hmm. Um, and you hear, people will often hear figures thrown out and think that that's a starting rate for a nanny. But like any career, you have to build, you have to build your career. Right. So I'll see people complaining about making $15 an hour at a job. And it's a job with twins. And it's a job with a stay-at-home mom. And in my head, I'm thinking, that's a resume-building job. You're going to leave there with multiples experience. And you're going to leave there with at-home parent experience. And you need at least the agencies in LA, you need typically three to five years of professional experience before they will consider taking you on as a candidate. Right. Um, so I think it really is about where you are at in your career. 
uh, it's about what your education level is. It's about your experience. It's about how many children there are. It's about what your extra responsibilities are. Mm-hmm. Um, and benefits that are offered. That's the other thing is sometimes your compensation is not just your pay rate. Right. Um, if parents are giving you a medical stipend, mm-hmm. that is not, they don't have to pay taxes on that. Mm-hmm. So that's a way that you can be um, compensated that costs them a little bit less. Right. Um, maybe they want to give you extra paid time off. And when you are figuring out your hours, that works out that way. So it's a really fluid thing. Um, I think there are rates based on levels of experience and levels of education, certainly. Um, but it also just depends on the individual job. Right. Right. Um, uh, how about tips on negotiating though? If, if you uh, really love the family, but what they're offering, um, is a little lower than you expected. Uh, do you have any, any tips for negotiating? I mean, that's the part where sometimes I think we struggle being professionals because what we do is so personal. And mm-hmm. most nannies are very emotional and have big hearts and feel attached to things and they want to help and they are caring. But in that moment, you have to consider yourself a professional in a career and say your number and then just stop talking. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, there's a chapter in Amy Poehler's uh, Yes, Please, Mm -hmm. uh, where she talks about the power of not talking. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, I struggle with it. I do too. (laughs) I've been doing this a long time and I very much struggle with it. I pause and if they don't say anything, I start saying, but maybe this and but Mm -hmm. maybe that, or maybe we could work on this. Um, so it's something I'm working on personally, intellectually, I know that's the right thing to do. Right. In the moment (laughs) you have this visceral reaction of wanting to fill in the silence. Yes. Um, But it's the right thing to do. And if they can't, if they can't meet your needs, then it's probably not the right job for you. Right. You've got bills to pay. You want to retire someday. You've got things that you need to do. And at the end of the day, this is our job. It's not our family. We care about them like our family, but it's not our family. It's our job. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, how about making sure that you're paid on time? Cause it is everything we've been talking about. It's really personal. And, um, I know sometimes, you know, that, that window goes by and, and a little here and a little there, it's a little late and it just becomes a, a bigger and bigger issue. Sure. One week it's, you know, can I pay you Monday? And then the next week it's two weeks late. I mean, it does, it's a, it, it can balloon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, I think in our culture, we are really, um, uh, ingrained to not talk about money. Yes. Um, but you just have to, you just have to say, Hey, I need to get paid. And I struggled with it for a long time until I had this kind of epiphany where I decided that my position as their nanny was a thing I was going to manage for their family. Mm. So I consider making sure I get paid on time and making sure that my hours are considered correctly, um, making sure that I'm getting a medical stipend if that's something as part of my job. Right. Yeah. Probably they're just really busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, it's, typically it's not their intention to not pay you. Right. They just literally forgot. Mm-hmm. And most of the time I find people appreciate just being reminded. Yes. Yes. Um, and then I also... <laughs> think that, um, 
if you are consistently not getting paid on time, that uh, I think that is in nanny transitions with Glenda, um, that that is potentially a flag of, is this job starting to come to an end? Um, yes. Just not, it's not, you know, the, the nail in the coffin of it by any means, but it is a sign to start looking around and seeing, hmm, I wonder if this is not, you know, the top of their priority is, is their nanny anymore and, and things like that. So just be aware that if that is happening consistently and you have communicated about it and it's, it's not getting better that 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 is a sign to potentially start looking around for other jobs. 100%. And not just, not just because maybe it's not a priority for them, but even if it is a priority and they are continuing to not pay you, it is not the right job for you anymore. Yes. Yes. So just, and also I think back to that contract is when I negotiate contracts now, you know, and with, paying taxes and all that, I say, please go through a payroll service. Um, And that that doesn't always um, happen necessarily. And and I have taken jobs that pay taxes and want to do it with an accountant and all that instead of a payroll service. But I really, and I collect my literature before I go to the interview of why Mm -hmm. payroll services are the way to go. Um, Because I say, you know, you're going to have to provide me with a pay stub um, by law. So this makes it so much easier for everyone involved. And if you do it that way, then it's just automatic deposit. You know, it is. I mean, it is the simplest way to go. And there are so I mean, there are a handful of really great payroll services that you can just take them the information for. And they're right. going to appreciate how well thought you're being about taking this as a professional job. Yes, for sure. Um, and, and speaking of money, so, uh, you know, as nannies, we are, we're taking the kids places, we're, we're letting them experience new things and, and all that. So, but things cost money. <laughs> and so, yes. um, how about reimbursements and versus, you know, petty cash versus working all that out of if you do take the kids somewhere and you spend money, where is that money coming from? How do you make sure that you are not actually spending your money? 100% the easiest thing to do is get a credit card on their account with your name on it, mm. which any company is going to do. And it is the most transparent way to manage any of it because they see everything you're spending on. There's no, where did this money go? Where did that money go? Oh no, I lost this receipt. Now I'm afraid I'm not going to get reimbursed for it because I can't prove I spent that. Um, and they can even set up alerts so that they're seeing every time you're using the card, right? which just keeps everything so in order and so transparent. That's a great that idea said, that I've never oh, heard offered before. So thank you. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, <laughs> you know, I've, I've been doing this a long time and it was yeah. really frustrating back in the days where I had to keep a ledger and Mm -hmm. we had to keep petty cash and I would have to make sure every receipt was there uh, versus just having a credit card with my name on it to their account, which is a million times the easiest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't cost them anything extra. I think sometimes I've had employers say, but I don't want to pay for an extra card. 
uh, but you're not, you're not opening up a separate account. You're simply right. getting a card on their account with your name on it. Yes. Um, I also think it's important to establish ahead of time what the cap is uh, mm -hmm. that you can spend without asking. You know, right. some families will say you can go spend $50. If you're going to spend more than $50, please check with me first mm -hmm. or $100 or whatever the case may be. Uh, because that will also create a situation where there's not going to be any resentment that you're spending their money mm -hmm. uh, in ways that they wouldn't spend their money. Right, right. And while, while we typically work for affluent families, and it took me a while to figure this out, just because a family is affluent doesn't mean they don't care how their money's spent. Yes. And in fact, a lot of times they've become affluent because they, uh, because they do care how their money is spent. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I think that's a great idea. Um, another solution, just if, if your family is, is opposed to that, uh, I do think the petty cash drawer is, is a good or, you know, safe or whatever, wherever they want to keep it, but having a place that you can get cash out of, because then they also control how much cash is there. Yes. For you, but then you run into the problem of are they refilling it? You know things like that. So again, um, I just take that as a responsibility. I will manage mm -hmm. that for them. Hey, we're running out of petty cash. Yep. Yep. Uh, and there are families that um, that do really want you know every cent very much matters to them. I've seen uh, nannies on some of the nanny groups post you know. I, I was lectured at length because I didn't bring back or I, I forgot to give them the change from the 20 that they gave me and, and things like that. So also figure out through communication um, how, how they want that to be communicated, that you're spending money. Do they need every receipt? Do they need every penny back from the change? Or is there like a change jar, jar that they... <laughs> just don't mind you tossing it into. Um, yeah. Like yeah. It's the, those are good things to have established ahead of time. Uh, personally, I will always err on the side of caution and just assume yes. they want every single penny back. And if I didn't pop off a text, Oh my gosh, so sorry. Forgot to take the change out of my pocket. I'll put it back in there tomorrow. Mm -hmm. They just want to feel respected. Right. Um, and like, you're not taking advantage. Yes. Um, and then what about gas or, um, mileage? You know, a lot of nannies use their own cars, um, to, to take the children around. So how do you handle gas and, and mileage on your car? I have a ledger that I keep in my car, um, that I, I hit my trip odometer to zero when my workday starts. Mm. And then at the end of my workday, I write down what my mileage was and I submit it. I submit it quarterly. Um, but at a house where I manage the other employees, they'll often just submit it to me weekly. Uh, and there's a federal standard for what reimbursement is for gas and mileage. And it's not just gas. It's also wear and tear on your car. So it's not right. equivalent to just the cost of what gas is right then. Um, the national average right now is 58 cents a mile. Okay. Um, so you just, again, you just keep track of it and then you give it to them. So it's something they don't have to manage. Right. Here's the reimbursements I need. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's great. Um, and I, I also, you know, making sure that that's established from the beginning of if I'm using my car, how does, how does that work? Things like that. 
um, are important. I mean, it just, we just keep coming back to <laughs> the importance of the contract and having these conversations ahead of time because mm -hmm. so many hurt feelings can be avoided. Yes, they really can. Um, and, and since we are our own HR, what about a problem of feeling safe in the workplace? Yeah, that was a really good question. Um, you know, I think, I think every situation will be unique. I think you can create clear boundaries. Um, and I'm going to bleed a little bit into the next question here too, mm -hmm. about uh, like, what if you find out about a secret that one of the parents is having? Right. Um, That's not a child related directly. Yeah. Like, you know, examples you gave were an affair or a shopping addiction. Those are really, it, it's interesting because we work in people's homes. That's why this right. is so awkward. It's not, it's not an office space. We're in their home. We're in their space. Mm -hmm. um, some of the things I do to create clear boundaries is I don't, I will never go into a parent's room without asking them in advance. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to see anything in there. I don't right. want to come across anything. And in a world where your home is my workplace, that affords you a little bit of privacy. Mm -hmm. um, typically, there's going to be one parent that you feel a little closer to than the other parent. Just in, in life, that happens. If you're really feeling unsafe, maybe bring it up with them mm -hmm. um, and try to find a solution. Um, or maybe it's just not the right work environment for you. Right. I've not, I've had situations where I've, I've been, things about the parents have been disclosed to me that I didn't, you know, weren't necessarily my business or were my business because it directly impacted the children. Mm -hmm. Um, and it becomes tense and it becomes awkward and it, it becomes an untenable situation where you just, uh, you can't really be there anymore. Mm -hmm. You can't, I mean, years and years and years and years ago, I worked with a family who was having marital problems that I was exposed to because I was in their home. Right. Um, and even after those things had resolved themselves, there was a tension around me because I had been witness to it. I was a part of it that was unresolved because I carried, I, I, I was a reminder of that part because I had been in their home then. Um, right. And I'm still friendly. I'm friendly with parents. I, I talk to the kids occasionally, but it became a situation where it wasn't, it wasn't good for all of us to continue our working relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't feel safe, if you don't feel safe, I don't know that you can keep going there, to be honest. Right. I also will say, um, document, document, document. So as soon as you get that, um, that feeling in your stomach or, you know, wherever in your body stress happens. Um, if you get that icky feeling, as soon as that starts happening, write it down and, and, you know, timestamp it. I, uh, I've heard of people emailing themselves so that there is like this timestamp on it of this happened today. And I, you know, these were the events that happened and this is how I felt about it. And, mm -hmm. and potentially, you know, that, that just is never, you never need it. But, um, if you are starting to not feel safe as you work to remove yourself from the situation, I encourage you to document everything that is happening, um, in a way that timestamps it. 
I think that's a great idea. Just in case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's so easy. It's so easy to do it now. We've got our, you know, we've got basically little computers in our pocket all the time in our phones. Exactly. Um, exactly. So that was something that I also learned from being a teacher is documenting things as they happen is, is so important because um, I, I have had nanny friends too that um, the parents, you know, went through a really nasty divorce and they had to uh, testify in court, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's hard. It's really hard. And if you have those documentations of what it actually was, then you're not getting swayed by either parent. Um, your memory isn't changing as time passes um, because our memories do change as time passes. Yeah. So um, having that documentation, even just for yourself, you know, never to submit to court or anything like that is, is important, I think. So um, yeah. yeah, that's a great idea. Um, yeah. Part of that HR department, you know, we are our own <laughs> HR department. And I, I think that's, that's something that, you know, would probably be handled if it was, if you were working in a place that had an HR department, is you could go to them the first time you feel weird about something, but we don't have that luxury. So when you feel weird, go to your own email and email yourself (laughs) those weird feelings. Um, Because I I also do think that uh, nannies uh, as a group are highly intuitive. And so you will probably have um, that little twinge of hmm? before, mm-hmm. before hard evidence starts happening. So, yes. uh, so pay attention to that and, and document it and do some investigating um, and potentially look for another family uh, if, if you are feeling unsafe. Yes. Um, because yeah, that is, that's, a big area of an HR department that we don't have and we are in people's homes. Yes. So, um, so yes, asking, uh, up, up front about, um, about things, but then once you're in the situation, if something comes up that, that makes you feel uncomfortable, don't ignore it. That's the worst thing you can do. <laughs> yes. So oh, that's, yeah, that's really great. I like the documentation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that also can be with child related things too. Um, if, if there's something a little off in a child related yes. area, make sure you document because you yes. might, you might have to testify, um, depending on how it goes. So, and it's better to have the documentation than not. And also, uh, what about, uh, NDAs? Non-disclosure agreements. So what's interesting is that a contract is not a legally binding, um, like the nanny contract is not a legally binding document because nannies, at least in California, are at-will employees. Right. A non-disclosure agreement, on the other hand, is a legally binding document. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also just a good idea to practice even if you've not signed a non-disclosure agreement. I mean, the truth is I don't want somebody in my home going out and talking about me or weird habits that I have or things they may have overheard me saying yeah, um, because that's at my home. Right. And we work in people's homes. Um, but oftentimes, oftentimes you do end up being exposed to not just people's personal habits or their family dynamic, but their business stuff. You may be, 
um, you know, you may come in contact with uh, things that are sensitive to their business campaigns or um, I worked for a person in advertising for a long time uh, and I would just see, you know, campaigns they were working on. It was important that I not disclose that outside of my work environment. So it's not just about protecting people's personal privacy, but also it's a big deal for them professionally right. that we don't expose anything that we have been, um, that we may have come across. Right. And can you, because I have never, um, seen a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, I've never, I've never signed one though. I certainly do follow that practice. Um, but can you walk me through a little bit of, of like what is involved in signing one? Sure. It typically, um, will say things like you can't speak about anything that you may have any private things that you may have overheard in the course of your work any professional things you may have overheard in the course of your work. Um, sometimes when you're working for high profile and high net worth families, there are clauses in there saying that there will be um, legal actions against you if, if these things have been disclosed and they can prove that it was you who disclosed it. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be things about, this is interesting. One of the reasons I think it's really important to read everything you sign. Mm-hmm. Um, there are oftentimes uh, clauses about uh, photos not sharing mm-hmm. photos or videos, um, but you need to read those carefully because sometimes parents want you to send them photos. Right. So you, you need to have a line item in there saying only share them with parents or only share them with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, typically it's, it's just about uh, you contractually and legally agreeing to not take anything that you have come across in the home outside of the home. Yes. Yes. And also, um, and this is a very specific case, but I think it can be applied um, wide, more widely. Uh, also, with some of those high net worth or high profile uh, families, sometimes um, a friend of mine worked for uh, a celebrity and uh, the celebrity had a photo booth in their house and my friend while the kids were napping or something went in and and took photos and then tried to email them to herself herself well every time photos are taken it emails the mm-hmm. the person that owns it um and so as well as you know whoever and and she you know got in trouble for that because she didn't have permission. So just things like that, you know, when you are in someone else's home, respect that space. Yes. Um, Yes. Another nuance to it too is a, it's not just about not taking it outside of the home, but sometimes it's not your business to share with people in the home. mm. Like one thing you hear here is not necessarily, you know, the uncle's business. Right. sort of thing. Like it's not, it's not your place. Uh, you just need to keep it to yourself, period. Not just mm-hmm. keep it inside the house. Right. Right. That's a really good point. Um, yeah. Or yeah. If, if grandparents come to visit, I know <laughs> sometimes they, you know, are, the family is not sharing certain things with them uh, for very good reasons. And so mm-hmm. respecting that, um, Yes. I'm just starting from the base of assuming they're not sharing. Right. Because what if you're wrong? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's, you, you can't unsay it. <laughs> so, 
So exactly. Um, yes. Keeping it to, Oh, look at this new book that Johnny is so into reading is much safer than family secrets. Focus on the children. I, I find that a lot of times if you, if you focus on literally what the children, the child or children are doing at that moment, that's probably your safest bet. Exactly. Just invite them to come be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Be in the moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come on, grandma and grandpa, be in the moment over here with us. Mm -hmm. Um, Also turn off the news. (laughs) Oh my gosh, please. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then, and then what about job creep versus being helpful? Cause I, I see so many nannies and, and myself included, you know, you, you do a favor, you, clean the whole kitchen one day while the kid is napping um, because you know they've had a really stressful week. Um, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you make sure that that doesn't then become, oh, every week you're going to clean our kitchen. Cool. Yeah, because it happens so easily. It's, it it's a really slippery slope and it's happened to me. I mean, it's happened to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you just say it. Hey, I noticed I noticed you were coming home really tired this week and I just wanted to help out. So I picked up the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I might not be able to do that next week. Right. Or you say, I know I was going to cook dinner tonight, but it's been a rough day. They are grouchy. I've not been able to accommodate any of that. I'm letting you know ahead of time. The childcare was, had to take priority today. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just qualify it, just qualify it each time, unless you want to keep doing it, but you know, just qualify it. Hey, we had time to take out the garbage today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And um, like right now in my nanny share, um, one child is solidly on one nap and the other one is transitioning. And so there are days when, you know, their naps overlap by 30 minutes and, and I, I can do some things. And then there are days when literally I'm not, I, I don't have time without a toddler. And we all as nannies know that things don't happen as easily. Things don't get picked up. The dishwasher doesn't get unloaded as easily with a toddler around. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've started saying today there was, there was no overlap. So, um, yeah. And listen, parents of toddlers also understand that it is nearly impossible to live your life every way, every day the same way. Right. They also have toddlers. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I will say, I think, I, I mean, I got to give you kudos. If there was only a half hour overlap with the nap, that mm-hmm. would be the half hour where I sit down with a cup of tea and then watch HGTV for a moment. Like that, if it was only half an hour, it might be better for everybody involved if I just breathe for a second and be still. Yes. So probably your kitchen might not get picked up that day. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Because the priority is the children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything else is helpful. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And then, and then there are weeks like last week where I only had one kid and, you know, she was napping for three hours. And so then their house was a lot cleaner when they got home. And I was like, see, I can. It's just exactly. hard. <laughs> the opportunity presented itself. And so you were helpful. <clears throat> and I'm certain that they valued that. And that right. is going to be something that they remember. Right. But because it, because it was an easy week, because you were able to, you've also established this can't happen all the time. Right. And yes. And I, I will often say if I only have, um, one child, 
uh, because I'm, you know, I'm still getting paid by both families, but I try to make it, um, I say, you know, I only have, I only have one today. Is there, are there any things that if there's time for them, you would like me to do? Um, see, that's a perfect way to say that because yeah. you said if there is time for them. Right. Right. If I can and, accommodate helping, what would you like me to help with? Right. Right. Because then, you know, sometimes you, you think you're doing a favor and <laughs> they're like, oh no, we didn't, we didn't want the laundry done because we wanted to wait until this item was dirty, you know, things like that. Um, so I, asking, I think is a good plan. At my very first nanny job, I thought I was being helpful and I was making dinner. Uh, and it turned out that that was something that the mom really wanted to do. Oh, and so yeah. it felt like I was stepping on her toes where okay. I felt like I was trying to be helpful. Mm -hmm. We worked it out, but yeah, you know, you just don't know. You don't know what they don't want you to help with. <laughs> right. And uh, thinking about uh, Tina Fey's book, she talks about her nanny was cutting her baby's fingernails and she really didn't like how it was done or something, or she didn't, she really wanted to do it. I can't remember, but she talks about how scared she was to bring it up to her nanny. Cause she was like, this person takes care of my child. They are my everything. I don't want to do anything. I know her and Amy Poehler both have such great attitudes towards their nannies are they so really honest and grateful about the roles that their nannies play in their lives. Yeah, because I mean, especially, you know, working on set, they literally couldn't do what they do without nannies. But some, some people really struggle with that mm -hmm. and they don't, so that's not something that they're open about. They feel right. like, you know, it feels like a little bit of a dirty little secret. Mm -hmm. You know, I want the world to think I can do all this on my own. Right. But those yes. two women in particular, and I think it's empowering for women in general, that those two women in particular say, I cannot do this all by myself. Right. And I have got these people who are on my team and they contribute and I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. They're just trailblazers in so many ways. I love them both. So many. <laughs> Bossy Pants is one of my, like, if I need to be, uh, need a pick-me-up, I listen to Bossy Pants because nice. it's so good. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, just – kind of lastly, uh, those, those firm boundaries. So when you do feel that the boundary has, has been moved in a way, um, or you've let it be moved in a way that is uncomfortable, how can you help reestablish that boundary in a place that, that is more comfortable? Yeah, that's hard because it really feels like once it's slipped, how, I mean, it, it really is a hard thing to go back from. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you just have to say, I think you have to say it in a non-accusatory way it, with I statements. Right. I realize that I've let this slip a little. I wish that I could do this for you all the time. I cannot do this for you all the time. Is there something that we can, is there something, some way that we can make this uh, more workable for the both of us? Right. Yes. I feel like I can't, I feel like I can't give consistent care for your children because this boundary has slipped or I feel like I'm not being the best that I can be because I'm working too many hours and I know I've let that happen, but we need to dial it back now because I'm not being the best nanny I can be. Um, so just make a lot of I statements because people mm -hmm. can respond to that better. And yeah. because statements, I feel like this because of this, 
Mm-hmm. And then how can we, you know, how can I help us solve this? Right. Um, a really good book to read for all of that, um, if that feels overwhelming, uh, is uh, Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. Um, he does such a good job of helping you uh, communicate in a nonviolent way <laughs> um, <laughs> with, with, those, with those I statements. And, you know, he has these steps of observe for a while, which we've talked about in this, and then, um, and then really say how you feel about it. And, and because of these reasons and, and then, um, potentially offer a solution. Um, and if you don't have a solution, then, um, then say, can we find a way together mm-hmm. to figure this out? So, but I highly recommend that book. <laughs> I literally just read the title so now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so, it's so very, very good. Um, I'm reading it for uh, the Nanny Care Hub is doing like a book club. And okay. Well, I read it for that. And then I'm doing a summary of it um, for that. So nice. Uh, but it's, it's very good. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it applies to childcare at all, but it a thousand percent applies to childcare. Um, cause it works well with children too, of, of modeling that. And then also people do better when, when you approach them with, you know, open hearts. So, yes. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to touch on? No, I think this was pretty, I mean, I had made some notes, but uh, just during the course of the conversation, we already covered those things. <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, yeah. And I, and I really feel like the through line here in this episode, and then also in um, really all of my podcast episodes is communication is key. Uh, if you are, if you are feeling um, lost or, or burdened or, or anything like that, um, communication is is really your best way out is saying with those i statements you know i i am feeling this way because of this um how can we solve this because families want you to be happy too yes um they do, they don't they, want someone to be super unhappy taking care of their children that's true. I mean, they want their home to be a peaceful place to be. And mm-hmm. uh, when we don't communicate openly, resentments start to creep in and then it's almost impossible to come back. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Let's just make it a peaceful place. And finding a new job is so hard. <laughs> oh, yes. It's my least I mean, favorite part of this is, is job For hunting. so many reasons. I mean, right. first of all, it's hard to find the right it, it, you know, I mean, a lot of us don't have eight to 12 weeks worth of income tucked away so that we can take our time to find the right family. Right. It's hard to leave the family that you're leaving, even if it's because it wasn't good anymore. Right. There's still this attachment. You still have been in their home. You still have cared for their children and cared for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It is very, very hard uh, to find a new job. So yes, Please move on if, if the fit is no longer good for you, but also keep in mind <laughs> um, that, that really communicating um, as, as quickly into the problem as possible um, 
and and reach out if if you are having um an issue and want to run it by me i love talking about nanny stuff so you know non-disclosure like you know don't include personal stuff um but if you can kind of outline your issue i can try to help you brainstorm i i really care about this community and would like to help in any way i can you really do and you already help in all sorts of ways and well, I mean, <laughs> I write down, I'm constantly writing down books that you recommend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I try to be a ferocious reader. So I love it. Um, yeah, I think I'm at, I think I'm at 48 of my 52 books this year. So hopefully I'm going right. to get past it, but, um, but yeah, nonviolent communication, pick that one up because it, it's, okay. I, I try, I mean, I read it for the first time last year and then I've reread it this year. Um, it's a good one too, to revisit with some frequency, um, like so many childcare books, but yes. Um, but yeah, well, wonderful. Um, well, we end each episode with a, a cute, funny or uplifting story and, uh, Lisa has brought one. I have bear with me. I'm going to kind of back into it. It might be a little... Long. can't wait no it's perfect <laughs> uh so i had the situation where a child in my care had uh kind of suddenly and quickly developed a distaste for spiders mm. which a lot of people have right uh, i like to come at that with here's why spiders are good mm -hmm. uh, so i gave her an equation i said spiders plus eat the bad bugs plus are scared of people equals spiders are good Mm -hmm. So there's my theory. That's my equation. <laughs> uh, they replied, do you know any other equations? So I bust out Pythagorean's theorem. I said, sure. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. To which they say, yeah, that's the one I know too. But you know which one I don't get? What is E equals umka two? <laughs> How brilliant is that mind? Katu. Oh, brilliant. That is so brilliant. And I love that I love um young minds grappling with uh with big thoughts, you know? I, I, I loved the order. I loved the order to the thought of it. Yeah. Here's the thing that is letters, so this is gonna make sounds. Right. You know, right. there was an order to the thought. Also, here's the thing I don't understand, and I want to try to understand it better. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was just everything about it was so brilliant. That, that's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. so much. <laughs> uh, and, and thank you for being on the show. I really enjoyed talking with you, and I, I know that um, I would love to have you back sometime very soon. Well, thank you for having me, and things. I would love to. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and then thank you all for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you, Nanny World. The Chronicles of Nannia is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nannia and on Twitter at Nannia Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnannia at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.